Trapped in their New York Brownstones panic room, a hidden chamber built as a sanctuary in the event of a break-in, newly divorced Meg Altman and her young daughter Sarah play a deadly game of cat and mouse with three intruders, Burnham, Raul, and Junior, during a brutal home invasion. But the room itself is a focal point because what the intruders really want is inside it. This is Movie Time Machine. Welcome to another episode of Movie Time Machine, where we take movies from the past and we live them in the present. This week's movie is Panic Room, released in the year 2002. Directed by David Fincher, written by David Kep, starring Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, but before we get into our further conversation of the movie Panic Room, let's go around the table, let's do some introductions of our Time Machine co-host, and let's let everyone know been watching, listening to, or whatever lately. Yeah, this is Casey here. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I said before we're watching Ozark, me and my wife, and then when I'm not watching that, uh, I've been trying to finish up uh, Half-Life Alex, the uh, Half-Life VR game that, that launched, uh, I don't know, a month ago. Time is blurry now during this whole coronavirus thing. Hey, it's James. Uh, I'm watching or just started. I'm only on episode two of Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Uh, it's a comedy, like teen high school comedy uh, created by Mindy Kaling. So, uh, so far, it's kind of funny. I'm willing to see how, uh, where it goes from here. And then, yeah, along with this, uh, us being quarantined, I haven't been like playing video games very much. But since it got nice out, I've been playing one on one bags with my wife. And it's just not fun when you keep losing all the time. And I'm talking about myself. So I'm uh, hoping I can hang out with <laughs> some good people soon. She's just amazing. So that's, Do some that's social distancing on. bags. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I feel like we spent too much time together. I'm going to stay in the basement for a little while <laughs> about my life. <laughs> Bumblebee tuna. This is Chris coming at you. That was my best, like, DJ radio impression. Sorry. Uh, so this is Chris. Bumblebee tuna. <laughs> I want that to be your catchphrase. I want that to be your catchphrase. Every time you talk her, I just want you to be like, hey, Bumblebee tuna, your balls are showing. This is Bumblebee Chris. tuna. <laughs> uh, all right. So I am actually... <laughs> so I'm actually currently uh, re-watching The Sopranos for the second time. Um, first time I watched it probably about 10 years ago. Um, I wanted to rewatch it. And again, working from home through the COVID stuff, it's just nice to have something uh, on in the background. So um, been rewatching that. Uh, I forgot how good it was. I often think of The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, and The Wire as being uh, the three shows that I think really changed what um what tv could be and re-watching this and, and watching it through a second time just continues to to affirm that notion so it's been really great to to be able to have that opportunity to watch it again is bumblebee tuna a hidden nod that you're recording this in the nude <laughs> it's absolutely i have yet to that's wear why your, for your balls are showing it's, it's, hot. A, it's a little brisk <laughs> a little brisk <laughs> <laughs> Chris, so you've uh, you've watched The Sopranos all the way through before, right? You said, and this yes, is just a correct. rewatch. Yeah, second okay. time. So, have you uh, looked into or heard anything more about the Many Saints of Newark? No, I've not. It's uh, a look at the formative years of New Jersey's gangster Tony Soprano. It's a pretty cool movie that's coming out uh, by the same writers and everybody. Oh yeah, uh, and that's his son. Oh, wow. His son was uh, casted yeah, as to play. Yeah, him, right? Michael Gandal. Michael Gandolfini is good. Yeah, I have heard of that actually. Yeah. I also, I also just recently found that there is a a Sopranos uh, cookbook that is written, ghost written by uh, Arthur, uh, like Artie from, (laughs) (laughs) from the restaurant. And I secretly want to get it. And I think I will. It's in my, like, uh, it's in my save for later on Amazon. <laughs> I can't wait uh, well, to make a killer baked ziti. I'm just, uh, I'm just mad that you ruined your birthday gift from me. But that's fine. You go ahead and purchase it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> you just buy it first, uh, Jamie. What have you been up to? Chicken of the sea. I'm not as funny as Chris. I stole his joke. Um, so <laughs> this is Jamie. Is it chicken or tuna? <laughs> 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 
Oh, this is Jamie, and I have a weakness for... You guys are going to learn something about me. I have a weakness for really bad uh, reality dating TV shows. So um, I'm happy to be able to share this with you guys. I feel like I'm getting it off my chest. So my wife and Too I... Too hot to handle. Is that the name of the show? <laughs> you, you nailed it. <laughs> is that the name of the show, getting it off my chest? And it's set in Cleveland. <laughs> 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 that's why that's why we can't find clorox bleach wipes anywhere right. it's, it's totally steaming now on I netflix come over to the mcmanus house for all your clorox needs um come on on over <laughs> dude i'm full of dad jokes tonight you're bringing it man <laughs> No, whoever said uh, too hot to handle is correct. I've been referring to it as oh. celibacy <laughs> island, but the spirit is the same. Yes. <laughs> Jamie, it is so weird because you you have your fetish is reality <laughs> TV on an island because you fucking love Survivor too. It's so true. It's so true. No one has sex on that show either. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, dude, I'm going to take it to the next level. I've been watching and catching up uh, some stuff on my DVR. Uh, this aired quite a few months ago, but it, the latest Ken Burns documentary series on country music. I've been watching. I'm like two and a half episodes into that. So it's like, what, 20 hours already? Uh, very Ken Burns-ish. But yeah, it's, it's really good. I think even if you don't like country music, it's just a lot of like the... Uh, um, American history and um, stuff like that involved in it too. And I just love, you know, diving into like, you know, just the music roots, whether what kind of music it is, just kind of how it started and, and kind of all like the players in it. And it's, yeah, it's really good. It's Ken Burns. Of course it's done, it's done very well, but yeah, been kind of digging into that lately is uh, having it on in the background when I've been working from home uh, in quarantine time here. Does a uh, Dwight Yoakam show up in the documentary at all? No, when I'm not it's that far Blake yet. Shelton. I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm only in like the 30s right now. So it's a, we just we're in the Great Depression. Oh, we're at Burns. Um, Got it. Yeah. I, I want to bring it up, uh, Chad, since you were talking a little bit about kind of music history. Um, yeah. And recently, uh, a, a new documentary just dropped on Apple TV about the Beastie Boys, and I oh, hear that it is they're like my phenomenal. favorite man. I hear that it's phenomenal. Like it's really, really good. And as somebody who I don't, I don't, wouldn't appreciate the Beastie Boys. I'm curious if anybody here has watched it and like what you have to say about it. What is that on? I think it dropped on Apple TV, like their like Apple Plus or whatever. It oh, is. yeah, yeah. I got I need to watch that. Then I'll check back in with you guys because like the Beastie Boys are. I feel like the Beastie Boys is like that group that. I've been listening to as long as I can remember. Like I remember like playing with like star Wars and transformers toys and like listening to uh, license the ill. So yeah, I definitely have to check that out. Yeah. I, I heard it's really, really good. Like people have been like ranting and raving about it. The beastie boy story, huh? I, I don't know what I don't remember. Oh, is that it's what done it's by Spike. Yep. Yeah. It's done by Spike, Spike Jones, Jones, who is, who is, who has an awesome history, like when it comes to like music videos and cause I think he's done like where the wild, he's things done are. like Bjork, like Bjork video. Yeah. Where the wild things are. Yeah. Then he did like some cool videos for Bjork and like Apex twin and was where the wild yeah. things are. Is that James Gandolfini's, was that his last role? No, his last role was one with like Jewy Louis Dreyfus. I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh, okay. But- that like wasn't the one where he was like an army uh, guy, was it? No. No, okay. I honestly can't remember what it was about. I'm looking it up right now. Do, do, do. Oh, never, well, the movie was did called Did you get Enough bored Said. like I did? <laughs> yeah. The movie was called Enough <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so ADD. I got bored with my own Googling and started Googling something else. Yeah, like, I looked at something shiny. Actually, apparently his last, his last movie was The Drop with, uh, um, what's his name? Tom Hardy was in it, that, like, other gangsta movie. I don't know. Forget about it. Don't oh, you, you like mean the one, the one that Tom Hardy's like the most... in right now that's just about to come out? 
The one about Al Capone? One? Or Capone, Isn't yeah. It Capone? Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, Al that's Capone. an actor. Oh, the, the huh. recently dead <laughs> Al Pacino movie. <laughs> Is that where he just uh, plays himself? Yes. <laughs> it's a reality show, so I'm sure Jamie will let us know what it's about. As long as it's I got on it island. on my DVR, ready to go already. As long as it's, as long as it's on an <laughs> island. As long as it's ready on an to island. serve. <laughs> Do you feel like uh, Tom Hardy is kind of like an under underappreciated actor? One hundred percent. Underappreciated. How was that his fault for the creative? Spot on. How was that his fault for the creative direction of Bane? <laughs> Yeah, I thought oh, that Bane was no, awesome. I think, I though. think like, he did that. Yeah, he did that. He was in interviews talking about how like he came up with that character. Yeah, I don't think it was that weird. I think it was. I thought it was awesome. Unsettling. But yeah. Yeah, you know, I like. He's I just great. really like the Bane voice. You know what movie that he's he's in that's really awesome is Mad Max Fury Road. God. Oh, I thought you were gonna you, say the Revenant. You love good. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really good in the Revenant, though. Holy shit, that's a good movie. Yeah, is it? That's that one of those movies we were talking about. It's not that good of a movie. Like he's really good in that movie, but that movie I will never watch again. I have no interest was, in ever you, watching it again. This is where we go back. We just had this conversation, Chris, about like uh. great movies that you don't need that were great. You're glad that you watched them, but you don't need to go back and see them again. Yeah, Revenant. Yeah, yeah. It's an awesome yeah. movie. I don't need to see it again. It's too long. I don't think it's... But I thought it was a good movie. Holy shit. I think, yeah, I thought it was I think my really favorite good. Tom Hardy movie is The Warrior. I don't know that movie. Uh, it's like... Yeah. Is it the uh, prequel to The Warriors? Yeah. <laughs> Come out to play! <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, Can no, you him dig and, it? <laughs> him and, like, Joel Egerton are brothers, and they are, uh, they're, like, MMA fighters, and, like, at the end of this, like, tournament, they have to, like, fight each other, and Nick Nolte's, like, uh, their dad. Dude, and, like, it's the plot of Double well. Dragon. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's very, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. Well, sweet. Uh, let's uh, da, 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 da. let's dive into our movie discussion of the film David Fincher's Panic Room. Um, why don't we talk about budget and box office, Chris? I know you're very passionate about the box office. Do you want to give us those numbers for us? So this box office, uh, it was one hundred and ninety-six point four million. Uh, that is number 26 for, is that number 26 for this year, Chad? Yeah. Yeah. So number 26 for the year. And then, uh, it had a budget of 48 million. So that made some money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. money maker. Surprise too. I mean, 48 million, you know, there's some, some CGI here, but maybe he didn't do as much in post for it, but. Did we? Did we yeah, ever figure out <laughs> Jamie, what's that? What's that, Jamie? Oh, I was just wondering. Do we ever figure out if these um, total domestic gross include the DVD market? Because I feel like at any, they don't. Um, okay. I did anyone else see this movie is everywhere in any used movie store, like your Amoeba Records of the world. There's always a copy of Panic Room. So can I, that's, you know what this always makes me think of when I see a movie like this that's everywhere, it always makes me think, um, is this a good movie? <laughs> the $4 bit at Best Buy. Yeah. I was going to say, this to me is a movie that is incredibly iconic just based on like that front picture that I've never seen before. Until yeah, it, I remember seeing that. I've seen it I everywhere. think it's like the scene when she was laying in bed. Yeah, right. And there's the shadow behind her. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because when I saw that in the movie, I was like, "Oh, dude, that's I've seen that everywhere." <laughs> well, and this is one of the oh. rare movies too, where <clears throat> you you see it in the movie, like the camera pans in on her, and then the camera flips, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's from the movie box!" Like. <laughs> That's like where they say the title of a movie in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's like one step further. Right. It's like, we're going to show you the poster. 
<laughs> it's like when you go to see a band and you wear that band's shirt to go see that band. Oh, what a party foul. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of shit annoys me so much. And, well, and what if you're clearly you're fucking when you're, you're at the show. When you're carpooling to go see that band, and everyone, then then the person that's wearing the shirt and playing their music on the way to go see that band. <laughs> on the way like to go double. see them. Uh, <laughs> that's like a technical. And then they're the people that are like at the very front of the uh, of like the the stage because they've waited for like the last seven hours in like their entire like yeah, who they are right. who they yeah. are is all about this band is it worse if they show up in the gear or if they go straight to the merch table buy it and put, put it, it on, on? Hmm. Oh, which question. is wor- what's more egregious putting it on is worse but i but i also <laughs> give them a, a little bit of a pass because i'm like well who wants to fucking hold that the entire time why didn't you wait till the thank end thank you of chris yeah. that's so exactly much- what i think can't wear and i'm not gonna find my much- size if i wait till the end yeah i'm not gonna, oh yeah good call not gonna call yeah no one was buying an xxl for me so <laughs> well you're not gonna go coke i think actually panic get the disco tour 20 20- Oh, two t-shirt are you <laughs> <laughs> yeah chris actually no, at, that last, at that last frank turner concert we went to i think i waited to the end because i didn't want to hold it and i didn't want to wear it and it like it just so happened that the extra large that i bought like fit like a large <laughs> or the double xl whatever it was i think i put in the washer once and shrunk it and it fits perfectly now that's awesome he's been doing a live stream every thursday by the way Nice. Uh, what movies came out in 2002? What did this compete with? In the year 2000. 2000. Hey, Casey, you've been doing a jo- good job of pulling up uh, top tens in our movie years. Do you have any info for this year? Stall. Stall. I mean, no, but I'm I'm really fast at... Uh... At Google and don't get distracted. So I've got it right here. <laughs> right. I mean, so number one, this is 2000. Here's the deal. This Eight Mile right? came out that year, so that's probably best picture right there. <laughs> Look at your boots. Am it's I starting wrong? to grow roots. Year 2000. I, I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, this is a movie Chad probably refuses to see. <laughs> Eight Mile, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Chris, uh, uh, honorable mention for you, Monte Cristo came out that year. Oh, that is such a great movie. Guy Pierce. I'm a big fan of Guy Pierce. 2002 in film. Number one, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Number two, uh, a crowd favorite, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Three, Spider-Man. Four, Star Wars, Attack of the Clones. Five, Men in Black. Two, six, Die Another Day. Seven, Signs. Eight, Ice Age. Nine, My Big Fat Greek Wagon. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, 10 Minority Report. None of those report. movies I'm a big fan of. No. I like Minority Report. But yeah. yeah, Minority Report I enjoyed as well. Yeah. Like Born That's... Identity, Minority Report, <clears throat> Signs. Signs was uh, Yeah, for me, it's like uh, we get City of God that year, 28 Days Later. I was going to say 28 uh, Days Later and then Red Dragon. Yeah, have you ever seen Brotherhood of the Wolf? God, that sounds Negative. about that year. Oh, it's a pretty cool movie. Like you might like that, Jamie. It's about werewolves. Oh, yeah. yes. Now we're talking. Yeah, check that out. Oh, we get Spirited Away, another Studio Ghibli movie. Um, oh, it's a favorite Rain of mine. Of fire. Uh, come on, Chris. Igby goes down. Woo. Chris, you're a fan. Oh, of Igby goes, goes down. down right? Is Ig- amazing. Yeah. I was like, Chris, you like that one? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum that in that movie is so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I really am a big uh, fan Ghost of World too. Yeah, me as well. He's also in one of your favorite movies, uh, Alter Boys. Dangerous, Dangerous Lives, Lives of the, the Alter, Alter Boys. Boys. I think we should All do right. that on this ca- like podcast. We should just do like really like irreverent uh, movies that only you like out of your friend group. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be yeah, great. I'm down with that. We can make we can make <laughs> space for that. I'm so excited. So mine will be just go with it. I mean, with do we Cisco. just call it? <laughs> For me is RoboCop. <laughs> yep. Uh, which year? <laughs> which year? What? The the OG. Oh, OG, okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I don't, have you guys seen City of God? No, yeah, I haven't. Really good. I saw it a yeah. long time ago. It, I, I can't I, really tell you much I'm about most, it. That is a really good movie. It. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix right now, to be honest. Or, but I yeah, thought I the same right. thing about Panic Room. I thought the same thing about Panic Room. When I looked it up, I'm like, and it just left about a month ago, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the game was on Amazon Prime for a long time, and then it just left. Hey, let's dive into a movie discussion. This is my first time seeing The Panic Room. Do we have any other first-timers? Me as well. For this one? Yeah, me, 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 me too. So everybody? Uh, no, I James? own it. I own it. You own it? Yep. All right, so let's flip the script on this one. So, James, since you're the one that has... This is your rewatch of this. Um, give me your thoughts. Like, is it as good or, like, is it the same or coming back to this film like i'd say it's about the same i think that uh um, yeah walking into it i mean just after watching the game and then seeing this it's very clear that like the presence of uh cgi is there for sure uh and it definitely felt more fincher-esque to me because it felt more like i think what was the movie before this was it fight club because it felt more fight club with the cinematography to me for sure um and uh even in the beginning like you could see the intro credits where it was just like, you know, the cityscape shots. And then he had, and then it was like Columbia pictures was CGI and slightly askewed in 3d and like in the alleys and all that, uh, Jodie Foster, like I, even just all these like little things like where they're like, look what we could do now. It's 2002. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that was, um, it was just kind of interesting, but also it just kind of sets, it dates the movie for sure. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, walking into it again as a rewatch, I think it, I think it holds up as well as I enjoy the story. I think the acting is well done. Um, and then just the general shots of the film. Like I, it's definitely one, um, I, it's definitely one I was, uh, I enjoyed rewatching. Uh, so I, I like this one. Um, I'll let somebody else take it away before we get into too many details, but no, it was definitely worth it for me. I liked it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I had a hard time with this movie. I was just having lots of LOL moments and this isn't a comedy. But uh yeah, I What's what are your LOL moments? I Well, I think Chris is just kind of bringing this up in the chat. Uh the uh like the blue fire, blue flame explosion part of it and the whole like the 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 you get like the three stooges breaking into this house um <laughs> i mean i don't know i just like a dark three stooges yeah cuz they start shooting true and there's a part where like i think where is that raul played by dwight yokum country superstar yeah. um my wife pointed like, that out to me <laughs> she's like oh i yeah. forgot he was in this i'm like who is he's a country singer <laughs> and uh yeah, I don't know. There's a like, I this is just not my kind of movie. I guess I'm just gonna throw that out there. And again, I get I'm gonna get hung up on the CGI parts and which I get again. Like Fincher has like these really cool ideas, like the part where like the key or like when they're breaking into like the door lock um, portion of it, where he like it's part of that whole long shot where uh, Jodie Foster like falls asleep. Then it comes out of a room, like down the stairs. And we yeah. see like the shadows and the windows and it zooms into the key lock. Like that stuff is cool. But then it's just like, it just, it, again, for me, it's just seems like so cold. And, um, I just had a really hard time, like watching this movie. Like I had to like stop and restart and wasn't really paying any attention to it. And so I'm going to stop there. I don't want to just sit here and like rip on this film. I'll let someone else go ahead and give your thoughts. You know, I think it was, uh, it was fine. It was kind of in the same lines of, uh, you know, I, I didn't hate the time that I spent watching it. Um, I don't think it's something I would choose to watch again. Um, I, I was actually another one I, that I watched, I think, um, I think Ashley was able to watch this one with me too, at least part of it. Um, but the whole like premise of the movie the whole the whole story and why it all happens all like ties down to the one fact that jared leto's character doesn't understand that escrow isn't in business days so that one little (laughs) tiny thing i think is hilarious that that tiny little detail is what caused this whole like chain of events to unfold um so i think that's kind of silly um 
but yeah, it's kind of a, it was, it was only okay. I enjoyed it enough to, to not want to turn it off halfway through, but again, I don't think I would watch it again. Would you have, uh, just like, Oh, what, what you want is in the panic room. Oh yeah. What do you need? Okay. Like my, my life is more valuable, whatever is in this house. So yeah, sure. Oh yeah. You need this. Okay. I'm just going to open up the door, throw these out and close it and go on your merry way. I mean, to your point, like Chad, <laughs> spot on. I mean, Forrest Whitaker could have just knocked on the door at a normal, decent time with his uniform <laughs> on, being like, "Hey, I work for this one, this company. Um, the family that lived here beforehand said they left something up in the panic room. Uh, you mind if I check it out? <laughs> Credentials and all, right. and I guarantee you, just been like, oh yeah, sure. Like, uh, like because who else knew there was a panic room there? Like, he had to be telling the truth. I guess the drilling would have caught them off guard a little bit, but." <laughs> Also, I don't know enough about Barabons, but why do you just get to take those pieces of paper that belong to somebody else and all of a sudden you get millions of dollars? Like, don't they have, like, the Altman's name on it? Like, how do you just take that? I yeah, I had those same thoughts, thoughts. I don't well, understand yeah. how what that process is or anything about Barabons, but um, Barabons is in, like, every movie like this. Like, or not like this, but, like, every movie where they're like, oh, we need some sort of, like, currency – in like I think it's bear bonds is what uh in uh die hard you're right uh, like what they're after and like it's just in all of these like action movies around this time period and even you know a little earlier like 1990s as well as like bear bonds it's interesting well and it's one it, it's got to be one of two things it's got to be that form of currency for the upper crust that they hide because only they can use it or because it's a quick way to get money that everybody can use, right? Like it's got to be one of those two things. Well, I also think that it's not like common. So people, a lot of people don't understand it. And so it's easy to just like throw in there. Who gives a shit? Nobody knows right. what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, my two cents on this movie is a couple things. Um, a, I've always thought Dwight Yoakam was a, a younger dude and now I just went through D- IMDB and oh my god was I wrong and that's like throwing me off um also I <laughs> never ever would have known if I didn't look at IMDB that that was Kristen Stewart like I just for some reason that did not look like Kristen Stewart for me she's super young um that was really interesting too as far as the movie goes like I thought the movie, yeah, I kind of struggled with it. I thought some of the special effects were really bad. I thought some of, like, the actual, like, um, I don't know. I thought some of the pieces of the actual storyline were not super great either. We, uh, you know, this to me felt like there's a lot of suspending disbelief um, in this, which was really interesting. But I did I did really like... Um, Casey's comment about like that one mishap. I thought that was really funny. I also thought the scene with the police officers coming to the door was really well done. Um, So I think there's like, there's fleeting moments of this movie that I thought were really, really cool and either like really well done or really well scripted or um, really well shot. But for as much as I think of this movie as being kind of like a staple in um in the zeitgeist again we talked about like that panic room um poster being like really iconic and seeing it everywhere like i'm really surprised that this caught on because personally i don't think it's that good of a movie um and and so for me yeah it's just unique to think of of that catching on and and getting so many people engaged that it's it's enough of the that it's become this larger part of the culture. So I'm I'm reading I uh, just on the Wikipedia page is talking about it was inspired from news coverage of actual panic rooms. I guess they became a fad maybe with rich people um, in the early two thousands. So that might actually be coupled with why 
it caught on because people were maybe already fascinated with this concept of an emergency technology room where you could go hide. Um, and so then when the movie did come out, maybe because it, you know, it, may, it was only okay, but because it was something on everyone's mind. I have an answer. Kind of that up. was, um, and it didn't occur to me until just now, but it's a New York brownstone a year after 9-11. So I can almost guarantee you that's probably part of the reason it caught on the way it did. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah. so you're saying like a, a panic, Good a panic point. room? It could be also used like as like a bomb shelter scenario. Like, what is? I don't get it. No, it's just it was a heightened time. It was a time of everyone kind of being paranoid of you know will we get attacked again? So I think everyone just had a general sense of insecurity. So if there's a movie about a safe room and a horror story around that, I think that's probably why it got it. Yeah, so this it's movie a good point. Came if we got all red dawned on. <laughs> red dawned on. Red Dawn. Yep. <laughs> it came out it came out March eighteenth, two thousand two, so that means that it would have had only been in production like what, like five four or five months if that was the case. So Well, David Coop no. or however you pronounce his name, Kep. screenwriter. Yeah, Kep, he could he could bang out a script in like two months, I'm sure. Probably. I mean w- with But it does no, it's saying there was Panic Room coverage in 2000, so I think it might have been a fad yeah. before 9-11, but I'm sure that plus 9-11 might be why it's st- it became like Yeah, that iconic. might have been why it made its money, just kind of a right, right. place, right time yeah. right. thing. Yes, yes, there you go. Hey, Chris, I was doing a little bit of looking too, so if you want to, yeah, when we were talking about bear bonds, so here's two little fun facts about them. So what is the purpose of bear bonds? Uh, bear bonds is a physical certificate with coupons attached that are used to redeem the interest payments as their own, uh, as their ownership is not registered, the ownership, uh, or the owner of the bear bonds is the person in the possession of it. Possession. So of that's, ah, yep. there you go. And then bear bonds is as, or bear bonds are as <clears throat> valuable as cash to theft or loss. And then do they still exist? Uh, bear bonds haven't been issued in the U S since 1992. Interesting. So, that, that makes sense. so he, he had purchased, uh, my he'd bad. been sitting my on bad. these things for a while. Yeah, 1982 correction. <laughs> so all that interest. Oh, Reagan era. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, how about those blue f- blue flames, Chris? Oh, they look so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, the... <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I was just, I wasn't a big fan of that part. Like, I actually, I thought it was really clever of them. Like, how are you going to get them out? Like, putting the gas in there. Like, I actually thought, like, the the prelude to that was really, really good. But I thought, like, them lighting it, I don't know. I, I wasn't as convinced, if you will, by them lighting that and then, like, creating the big explosion. But personally, I just thought, I thought those blue flames looked terrible. Like, they look so CGI. It reminds me, quite frankly, of, like, I always think CGI looks ten times better than it does um, on TV. Like, there's, you're seeing more and more of, like, different TV shows. I think of, like, The Mentalist or even Brooklyn um, Nine-Nine, where they do use some CGI, and it looks terrible. And, like, it's a TV show, and, like, with low production value, I don't expect a lot. Um but this movie, it looked awful. Yeah, the thing with, I think, I get the idea that they're going with is, like, the blue flame is because they're using, like, what looked the, like to be, like, a propane tank or yeah, whatever. Yeah, type of, like, gas. That they're but, using. like, yeah, but it's not the type of gas. I mean, I may be wrong, but I thought it was, like, it's not the type of gas that creates the color flame. It's the heat, right? Like, so hotter yeah, flames. Hot it's, like, is. your, yeah, right. So like the flame ble- being like totally blue the entire time when it's burning like Jared Leto's arm <laughs> was like, I don't know. But hey, I mean, nitpicks, but. Nitpicks on the super fake looking right. blue flame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking from the be- from the beginning, like that Raul-, Raul, right, played by Dwight Yoakam. I was thinking like, oh, I bet that's her husband. You know, I was like, I'm thinking like this is a David Fincher film. So there's what well, this is going to be the twist. Right. So her husband is setting all this up for some reason. But I totally had that wrong. Well, I mean, but I could see <laughs> I that. Remember, like, that's a good idea, considering he yeah. would never take off his like mask mask until, yeah. like the very end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's well, a way. To, I, yeah, that's a definite twist. I think that might be kind of what I liked about it, because 
I mean, I agree with you guys. Um, with the blue flame part, it kind of, that that's where it took a turn for me. Like, I think it it started really strong. The premise is really great, and then you know you set it up, and you're like, oh man, how are they going to get out of this? You know, and I don't like I don't want to be smarter than the movie. I want the movie to show me how they're going to get out of it. And then the blue flame starts in it becomes clear fast, like, oh, damn, <laughs> damn it, they're not smarter than me. So it becomes <laughs> a, a different movie at that point. But, but, no, I think this was cool because unlike a lot of Fincher's other films, it's way more contained. Like, there's not really a whole lot of great intellectual concepts going on here. Like, the world is small. We're not, you know, not like Benjamin Button where he's aging in reverse and you have to figure out what that means or with, like, dragon tattoo with all of these conspiracies going on and the hacking and fight club just the you know existential who am i stuff that's going on i kind of liked it because it was like contained it took place in this house and it was just really different from all of his other movies i think to piggyback on that it was it was almost too simple i don't think there was like any character development you didn't uh the only thing you really knew about the the you know Jodie Foster and her ex was that he met someone else. True. Like that's the only thing you really knew, and that she was mad and got a really expensive house. But then that's really all that you knew about these characters. So I found it kind of hard to root for her because I was kind of like what Chad said, where oh hey, you want something in here? Cool. Let me just let you in, and I I don't want to die. <laughs> so let's do that. Let's do it this way, right? Yeah. One thing I, I will. Oh, go on, Jamie. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, that's a good point. That's all. Yeah, I was going to say a couple things that that I think they're like these moments of like genius or that I think are really cool Um, in this movie in particular. Like I really like the SOS or like Morse code flashlight scene. The guy sees it. No, I I think that's great. Like I like the idea that you're living in New it's York. It's Chad sleeping across the street. He's never seen Titanic. He's never gonna know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, like I I love the idea that you're you're living in New York. Nobody nobody gives a shit about anybody. You see this, you just think it's like, oh, something funny, and then you just like close the blinds. Like I think that would absolutely happen in a large city where you're just like, oh, I don't know what that is. That's fucking kids playing tricks. And you close I think blinds. that would happen across the street from you if somebody was flashing a flashlight at you. Yes, I love that. I think that's great. I think that's exactly what would happen. I, I appreciate that realism. Um, I also... Well, Kristen, I like... I think what's funny, too, is they almost, like, play up that scene. Like, yes. he might help them. Like, they, they they drag it on, and she's doing it, and they get their hopes up. And the whole time, as a viewer, you're like, oh, yeah, 100%. he's just going to close the blinds. That's right. exactly how the scene's going to end. And even when it does, I wasn't even that upset about You're it like, because who wouldn't? of the way that it kind of he's like i'm down. trying to rewatch exactly. sopranos yes exactly <laughs> um and then i also really liked the meta piece of it where um jody foster was able to like get out of the um of the panic room but the two guys were in the panic room uh with her daughter and then she goes and starts like breaking the uh the cameras and then raul recognizes it and then one of them say well why didn't we think of that and like i just that is such yeah. a great line and like such a wonderful yeah. like, realization of like what the fuck like that's such a smart thing why didn't we do that and that like i loved that like i think they're like again going back to like what i was saying earlier I three think stooges these, like, well in like these <laughs> like fleeting fleeting moments of things that i really really liked and appreciated about that movie but i don't think it was consistent by any means I think that Chris, on your point of like the, why didn't we think of that? I remember in high school, like we used to go like, like who, who are you or who do you think you are? And we always be like, I'm Raul. <laughs> like, cause it was just a, yeah. such a, such a weird, like one liner, like in the movie, but it definitely like stood out to me <laughs> for Yoakum. And also, yeah, he, I didn't know that guy was a country singer, but definitely creeped me out in this movie. Just like his whole, like he was like, it, it was just weird to me. Like he was the only one that thought, to bring a mask through a robbery. He's wearing the uh, rubber gloves. Like it seemed like he, like clearly he had some experience or was thinking ahead on a lot of this stuff. And yeah, I mean, and also he had no problem like killing people. But I feel like, I feel like that was more about like the, like playing off like the good versus evil where I feel like Forrest Whitaker's character was much more like compassionate and Raul was much more like, 
I wouldn't say caution to the wind, but again, he was more cruel, more willing to like go the next steps. Like he shot the, um, God, was it a neighbor? Like trying to think. So I know that he shot, uh, um, Jared Leto. Uh, yeah. Jared Leto's character. Oh yeah. Jared Leto's character. And then it, that's when Altman, her husband comes in. Um, and then he was like kicking the shit out of him. Like it just felt like, he was much more uh, cruel and like willing to go the extra mile to make sure that this plan was successful, where it felt like Jared Leto and Forrest Whitaker's character both had like a semblance of a conscience, um, which I, I felt like that was more of what they were well, trying to, to play there. And in, in the narrative, it was like this guy who's clearly evil versus the people who are just trying to make a buck, but then realize like this isn't worth it. What did people? Oh, go. It's on. funny too that like Jared Leto is the guy that that brought him there, and then he just shoots him in the head. I mean, that does show how like messed. I up also that like was. the idea that this was Leto's idea, like his character's idea, and then he's like, "Ah, I'm good, guys. I'm gonna get something. Let's just go." Well, like I think Jared Leto's like whole character in general, like it's like he. It always seemed like in the very beginning, like when okay, there's a problem. They're in the panic room. What are we going to do about it? And it always seemed like Forrest Whitaker and Yoakum's character, uh, Raul, were like, okay, Whitaker's got an idea. He's going to like get a hole in this wall into the ventilation system. And then he's going to put a hose in there. And like, Jerry the whole time's like, what are you fuckers doing? <laughs> you know, like he has like no clue. And then he's like, oh, this is good. Like after the plan's already made, but it always seemed like the other two are on the same page with each other. Just seemed like Jared Leto, like never had any plans. Like was just like, can you guys do all the work? Like why, why isn't this fixed yet? And uh, I was like kind of happy when he died. Cause I'm like, you're not adding anything to this situation. Speaking to that, how satisfying was it when Raul got his hands stuck? Oh, that was it was more satisfying when Jodie Foster was like that still like jump kicking the door, and so it was still making his hand like twitch. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, how do we feel about Jared Leto just in general? Just want to throw that question out to the group. I don't Requiem like him for a dream. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like I don't generally like him. Like I think he's a shitty person and i feel like i the things that i've heard like i don't know if you heard this or not but like when he was playing um the joker for suicide suicide squad he would like send the castmates like use condoms in the mail and shit like he is apparently like a really like yeah he, he was like a really like joker. big method yeah. i was like i heard line, he like, sent dead rats in the mail but yeah i didn't hear or maybe maybe it was dead, maybe it was dead rats i mean i, I usually use dead rats as condoms but well, whatever, but like, I don't like, I think he's really good in the things that he's been in. Like, I think he's a really great actor. Like I think of Dallas Buyers Club in particular. Um, I thought he was phenomenal in, I thought he was, yeah, really good in Requiem. I thought he was good in Suicide Squad. Like his Joker take, I thought was unique. Um, there wasn't a lot to it, right? Like they didn't um, have the Joker be a, a large part of that movie, but I think he's a really good actor. I don't know that I would ever respect him as a person or like want to hang out with him. Like I do Ryan Reynolds, the nicest guy on the planet. <laughs> I, I take that's in reference to my comments in our last episode, but I'm uh, sorry. What? It's in what? your bucket list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my bucket list is to make out with Ryan Reynolds in front of Chad. Great, go for it. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> while watching The Departed, <laughs> that's a movie we got to do because uh, I fucking hate that movie. But carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I uh, recent movies that Jared Leto has been in that I've watched. Um, like yeah, like you said, Chris. I think he he does. You know, he has played some great roles. I thought he was awesome in. Uh, the latest Blade Runner movie. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of whatever with him. I don't know as much as like the, the drama or like the stuff that goes on, like outside of his, like in his personal life or his, his, what he does, like, you know, his method acting or whatever he does to prepare for his roles. But 
I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't really have a lot of emotion either way with him. It makes me wonder if like he stole David Fincher's girlfriend along the line at some point, because I just realized that Fincher directed Fight Club like, duh, you know, another movie where he just brings him in. He's this handsome dude and then just messes up his face. Just (laughs) like blatant disrespect for his face. So I don't know what that's about, but I found it interesting. (laughs) All right. Yeah, fuck Anything Jared Leto, else? am I right? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I'm a, I'm an admittedly, uh, semi. I don't know why I'm embarrassed that I listen to Thirty Seconds to Mars, but it's true. Like I do. But Shannon Leto wails. That dude is a great drummer. I don't care what anyone says. He's really good. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't. I've never really listened to Thirty Seconds to Mars, so. Yeah, I'm riding the equator on that one. Yeah, so does anyone else have anything? I mean, I we really don't have a lot. We Shannon Leto for an extended period No, I have time. nothing. No. Okay. No. What are, Any feelings like on Jodie Foster's career or movies or? I I mean, I my, one of my favorite movies is Silence of the Lambs, where I started liking Jodie Foster a lot. Um, and so I always like, even to the point, like where, like not a lot of people liked contact. I enjoyed contact enough, but it's more so cause I like Jodie Foster. And then, it, so this one was good, but then she kind of fell off the map for a while or still has like, yeah. she's only in a few things here and there. I think, I feel like the last movie I saw her in was like, he, like, what was it? The beaver. But I think she directed that with Mel Gibson. Oh, the lobster with, uh, God, Colin Farrell. God, I was that movie that bad? I didn't like that movie. Yeah. seems like she is, I mean, she doesn't really star in a lot of movies. She's kind of like. Casey Wood because it's Wes Anderson-esque. The Beaver? <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where he talks through a puppet? You never heard about, you never seen or heard that movie? Because I did not see that no, I yeah. saw oh, that. Oh, well, I'm the Beaver. Was it? Oh, God. What is it? I'm trying to think. There was, isn't there like a really bad Netflix original movie or like horror movie that was about like beavers, like zombie beavers? Zombie beavers, yeah. Zombie zombie beavers. beavers. Yeah. Bon- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on Amazon. In my head right now. I don't, I've never been a huge fan of Jodie Foster. <laughs> I actually really think, like, I love Silence of the Lambs. I think that's great, but like, I don't know. Like, I've never been a huge fan of her. Like, there's just something about her that's intangible that I can't put my, um, like, put it to that I've just never really liked her. Yeah, I think I'm kind of there with you. Like, I'm just kind of like... And I don't know what it is. Yeah. But she's in... She's in Dangerous Lives of the Altar Boys. Oh, she plays the nun, right? She plays the nun. Her sister, yeah. So I have to kind of like her because she's in like one of my favorite movies, right? <laughs> Has anyone seen Inside Man? It's been a while. Mm-mm. That one's pretty good. She plays, I think she plays the cop um, who's after the bank robbers in that movie. It's Spike Lee film, Clive Owen. Uh, it, yeah, it's really good. I recommend that one. Oh, but I didn't know that was a Spike Lee movie. Mm-hmm. It was a Spike Lee joint. Get it right. Sp- Spikely joint. There we go. That's just him smoking pot, right? <laughs> I love me some Spike Lee. I was, Maverick. I was trying to think. I'm like, there was another movie in between there with Jodie Foster that I enjoyed. Maverick I like a lot. Yeah, we that did. That hasn't come out yet, has it? You're talking about the new, that's something different, the new uh, Top Gun movie, right? Uh, that is something completely <laughs> different. I'm talking about the Western. I think they're calling it Maverick, right? Yeah, I think you're right, Did Chris. Did Jodie Foster play they, Maverick? Yes. <laughs> There's nothing she can't do. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is the plane this time. Yeah. <laughs> Does all of them stunts. Oh, <laughs> that's good. I was thinking of the uh, 1950s Western TV show, but that yeah, well, that's what the, James the Maverick Gardner? I was talking about. Yeah, that's the the Maverick I was talking about. That's what that's based on. James Gardner's in it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. <clears throat> you guys cool, have man. a fun game to play. It's uh, okay. 
starring David Kep, the writer of Panic Room. We're going to play a little game I like to call Good Writer, Bad Writer. <laughs> David Kep <laughs> wrote Jurassic Park. Good Writer. David Kep wrote Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Bad Writer. Whoa. Amazing writer. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> David I'm just Kep being a dick. Wrote Mission Impossible. Good writer. <laughs> David Kep yeah, I disagree. Wrote 2017 yeah, like The it. Mummy. Bad writer. Oh, bad super bad Robert writer. That's all. Is this uh is this is this a playoff the old uh Animaniacs good idea, bad idea? Oh, I was. Oh, that was so good. What it was so good. It was like good idea playing tennis, bad idea playing tennis with bombs or something like that. (laughs) That just reminded me of like uh, (laughs) Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. What an era. All right. How was this? movie received just going over the ratings here rotten tomatoes critic score has it at a 75 percent the audience score is at a 63 the imdb imdb average is 6.8 out of 10 and the letterbox average is 3.4 which is kind of i feel like it's kind of high for me but again i've said this before this really isn't my kind of movie but i gave it a two on letterbox myself does that kind of fall within like your range? These scores here, or? yeah, maybe two, two and a half at the most. It's below average in my book. When you think about this movie in like everything, I guess like what is your top three Fincher movies? Like as we're like winding down, we're coming to a close. You think about like Fincher's discography, if you will. Like what would you say top three this Fincher movies? Well, maybe James, Chris, and I feel like Jamie, I feel like you guys are maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, but I feel like you guys are maybe the biggest Fincher fans out of the group. So if you want to like, if James or Jamie, if you guys want to start first. Um, so for me, I think I, I'm going to go no particular order, I guess, with that. I'll just kind of do my four. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because I yeah. It'd be if you had to pick three, it. if I had to pick three, Fight Club, Social Network, and I'm gonna go Benjamin Button. I don't know. I like the artistic situation with it. I like everything that was done with it. It just is cool that it spanned an era, a decade basically of time in a movie. Um, that was just fun for me, and I know it's not everybody's favorite, but I just thought it was beautifully done. I respected you until you made that comment. If you want to talk about like something, a movie that did something amazing that spanned a decade why didn't you go with boyhood yeah jesus so bad wow it's like jesus. watching the paint dry oh, i love boyhood <laughs> 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 all right uh my list would be uh uh social network uh seven and then gone girl i'm gonna jump in because my list is the same with uh the I would probably switch Gone Girl with seven. Um, but yeah, that's that's exactly mine. Social Network's actually probably one of my top five or top ten favorite movies, hands nice. down, period. I um so actually Panic Room is kind of special because it earned me my Fincher merit badge, whereby I've seen every feature film that he's made, and I can't think of another director where I can really say that. Um so I mean it's easy with him, not a lot of directors have ten or fewer movies. Or I of his, I guess, caliber, I should say. A lot of directors have one or two movies. But um, my list would be, in order, Alien 3, 7. So and you've then, even seen Alien 3? Do, uh, okay. <laughs> the Alien franchise <clears throat> is like my franchise. I love those movies. Love Alien is 3. Sign- is, is Sigourney Weaver in Alien 3 as well? Or just the she, first alien and or alien and aliens. She she is in, alien. She's in Alien Three. Yeah, she's in through Alien she Resurrection. Is. Yeah. Oh my God, she just keeps going. Yeah, they had to bring her back in Resurrection as a clone. She's a yeah, just keeps trucking along. Spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. So you said Alien yes, I can 3, skip that what one. were the other ones? Alien 3, 7, and Zodiac is my tops. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, your mic, your mic cut out. All I heard was erection. <laughs> the alien franchise gives me a large erection. Yes. Uh, so you said Alien Three, Zodiac, and Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say for me it would be Social Network, um, Gone Girl, and I would probably say Fight Club. Talk to me about why you would pick Fight Club over Seven. I, it's been a long time since I've seen Seven, and out of those movies, I would say Seven Seven would be my fourth. And since I've seen these other ones like more recently, those are the ones I feel like collective in my memory like hold more over that movie. Mm, okay. So, because what Seven came out in ninety. I haven't seen seven in a long time. It's been two decades since I've seen seven. So seven's a movie that I watch annually. I, I watch it at least once. Like it is a really cool movie and it's one that is dark and really well done. It has like, I don't know. It's storyline is great. Like everything that it's talking about in, I don't know. It's, I would encourage you to rewatch it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one I want to go back to soon when I have time to rewatch. So um, I've kind of had this thing, like maybe I was talking to Jamie about this, like offline is that I feel like with Fincher movies that I've seen and gone back and watched, I don't, they don't really age as well with me. Like, especially with like fight club. Like I remember I just love that movie so much. And like going back to it when we did it, like in the fall, like it just does not, you know, it's just, does not carry the same weight. I don't know if it's like with my age and like my maturity, like going on versus the time, like when I first saw it. And, um, I just feel like overall my feelings on Fincher are just kind of meh. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that he's overrated. I just feel like a lot of his films that I've watched recently just feel kind of like cold. And I wonder if and he has like great um, talent too that are in his films and that just doesn't come through to me. And um, so that's just kind of my overall kind of reaction to Fincher. It was kind of fun doing like this dive in these like run of films to kind of get a feel what he's doing. But yeah, overall, I think I'm just kind of, Meh, I don't know, it just hasn't aged well with me, I As guess. an aside, what did you think about, like, Mindhunter? Did you watch that on Netflix? I haven't watched that yet, so okay. it's, it's, on my, it's on my list. I thought did he Mindhunter direct that, or is he just awesome. producing it? Or I think his... he directed it. I think he okay. wrote and directed, if I recall, but let me check. Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. Okay. Yeah, like I thought Mindhunter was awesome and it makes me really bummed out they're talking about potentially not doing um not renewing the series and having it be done at uh the second season but like I actually for the first time or like something that doesn't happen often for me I thought the second season was way better than the first. I loved the uh, second season of Mindhunter. Um and I really well, liked has, the first uh, season. Is it uh, has uh the woman that was in Fringe, huh? Yep. Is it Anna Tor? All right. Cool. And then it has the uh that guy. Um he's in like a bunch of like kind of odds and ends things, but he's uh I think the voice of Kristoff in Frozen. And then he's yeah. uh the king in Hamilton. He's the original voice of the king in Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is something if you haven't watched on um on Netflix, if you, you have time, I'd really encourage you to watch. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's on my list. So, yeah, and didn't uh, Fincher too? Didn't he direct like the first two episodes of House of Cards as well? Oh. Like kicked that off, I think. I don't know. Did he? Uh, he co-produced and directed it. the first two episodes. Yeah. Wow. So cool. Yeah, Mine Hunter is definitely on my radar. Just trying to find time to get to that so i think that's something that angela and i want to watch together so yeah episode one was awesome i i started it i 
I couldn't tell you why I haven't revisited yet. I think it was probably just a busy time, but it, I, it's a show where I was sucked in right away and it didn't continue. If that makes any sense, it doesn't make sense. You know, I'll just say as somebody who, who particularly um, chose Fincher, I just, I think he's really good. I just think he has a really unique style. I like that a lot of his movies tend to be a little bit darker and generally um, are full of twists and things that you don't expect. And um, he has this, in general, an eye for detail. Like, yeah, I, I think overall, when you look at the span of what he's done and in, in his work, I'm a, I just, I appreciate it so much. And I, I think he's added so much to the conversation of what, um, what the craft of directing is. Yeah. He's, he's kind of, I don't know. He's low on my list. And I think, I feel like there's so many comparisons I have between like him and Kubrick that we just did previously before this. And I just feel like those films personally for me are just so like, um, beyond what anything that he's, he is doing in his films. It's so funny because that is this, the story of our friendship is because I look at Kubrick and I thought like, ah, he was fine. And I, I like Fincher 10 times more. I thought Fincher, like Fincher's things appeal to me and have speak to me at a much higher level in degree than what Kubrick did. Um, and it's just, it's so interesting because I just feel like there's always this like drastic, like juxtaposition and disparity between our thought processes and like the things that like appeal to us. Um, and yeah, I, I would say I definitely appreciate and am much more involved and engaged in a, in the Fincher films that I was the Kubrick films. You know, hold on. I want to say what I think is funny there too, though, is I think we watched what could be regarded as some of the best Kubrick films. And I think we maybe took the bottom of Fincher's list. Yeah, you're probably right. Social I, I agree. Cause I think we missed gone girl and yes, yeah. And so seven, it might be unfair. Both of, yeah. Both of those movies made multiple lists of like top three Fincher films. But in my comparison though, in that I've, cause since I've seen, all of Fincher's movies except for Benjamin Button and I've seen most of Kubrick's films um maybe except for like whatever I haven't seen all of them but I've seen most of them um I just yeah it's just my feeling I just Fincher's just been kind of meh I feel like he's kind of um he has less consistency I feel like with his films than with the uh, Kubrick it's just kind of maybe my, but hey, I'm not I'm not like a film school expert, and more of that probably has to do with, um, I appreciate like the uh, visual and kind of like sonic cues that you get a lot in like a Kubrick film versus, um, what you get in, um, a Fincher film, and like a lot of like the CGI and like the coldness of like kind of rubs off on me, it just makes me not get into a Fincher film as much as. Uh, the Kubrick film does. I do appreciate like uh, Fincher's like production low. Like I know that he's involved on the uh, production of the, it was like love sex. What's that? It's love, like a series. Robots. Yeah. That shit is awesome. Like most of that is like really cool. And I know that he's like um, does production on that. So like, I appreciate like what he's doing there. And I definitely want to um, dive into Mindhunter. I don't think he's terrible. He's bad. I've just, I think, versus like the the hype of Fincher and like the pedigree of like what he's worked on I just feel like it's kind of inconsistent for me well Chad uh is somebody <laughs> who's taken the introduction to cinema course at the local community college <laughs> <laughs> I really know what I'm talking about so <laughs> I trust everything you're about to say thank you Normandale Oh no! <laughs> All right, maybe that just means we need off. to close out this episode because that's yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. All right, and thank you for listening to this episode <laughs> of Movie Time Machine. <laughs> we take our final look into a David Fincher film, uh, Panic Room.
I just let you know we drop episodes every Friday on your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at MovieMachinePod. Um, send us a message. Let us know what you think. Do you have any opinions on any of the films that we covered? We'd like to hear your thoughts and concerns of what we talked about. And we'll read your notes on the air if we ever get them. Hopefully some year. But yeah, thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Take care. 